you know what? We're going to play the music and we're going to start this episode. This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his... Uh, who is Kent? Uh, the paper just says Kent. What am I... What am I supposed to just say Kent right here? Yeah, just say Kent. That's all, yep. Does he have a title or anything? No, no, he he doesn't have a title uh, or anything. He's, yep, just say Kent. <sighs> With Kent... He's not harming anyone. He's not doing anything wrong being in his room. Okay, I guess I'll have to wait until he does something. Thank you. Oh, hi, Kent. Hey, Op. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Hey, have you ever... I don't think we've ever started that awkward and then just moved on. But we're going to. Well, I'm at... I mean, I'm required to be here. <laughs> That's true. Okay. It's like coming up to somebody at the DMV and going, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. And I will continue in my brain to not think of it that way. <laughs> I mean, I'll shoot the shit with you. Because <laughs> I gotta. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. On that note, hey, Kent. Hey, uh, hey, have you ever used a substance that you won't use again because of the person it turned you into? Yes, yeah, sriracha. <laughs> the picture that went into my mind is very brown. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Love it. It does not love me. Oh, gosh. It turns me into a bad person. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, Okay, any other substances that you want to mention or no? <sighs> I, you know, I, I know that you're getting at drugs. I was, I was, but if it needs to stay in the hot sauce realm, that's fine, too. But, yeah, I was thinking drugs related, but. I like booze. I like weed. Yeah. Um, I've never ventured far from that, those two things, and neither of those two things affect my personality that much. I don't turn into an abusive asshole on whiskey. Uh, I, I just get kind of huggy and loud, uh-huh. and uh, we just, well, you saw. Yeah. How I, just was, get. I like that version of Kent, if I'm being honest. <laughs> the high version was fun. So, no, I cannot relate to being turned in by letting something Turn me into a different person. Um, have you partaken of Jägermeister much? Oh, more uh, Jägermeister put me in the emergency room twice. Okay, so it's heavy duty. You would say. Uh, I mean, I know that you don't drink, so but like, there's no such thing really. There's only a max level of heavy duty that alcohol can be, mm. and that's like moonshine. But it's not a different kind of drunk. Uh-huh. Like you can only get so drunk. You know what I mean? Like it's not like heroin, where I would imagine. You can get shitty heroin that only makes you a little bit high, and you can get, uh, like, good heroin that puts you on another universe or something. That's yeah. not the way alcohol works. Okay. And this is—everybody's like, why is he—Op doesn't drink, so he doesn't have any idea what being drunk feels like. Well, I have an idea that there are different, like, versions or variations of drunk, and no. that, like, certain— Drunk is drunk. Well, I've heard that, like, there's beer drunk, and then there's, like, tequila drunk. 
I can't relate to that. Okay. Right. I think people say that more. To be edgy? I don't know what they're talking about. If I get drunk on tequila, I've been drinking for a long time. Uh-huh. I'm 35. I've been drinking since I was 17, 18 years old. Okay. If I get drunk on beer, I act the same as I do on tequila. Maybe it affects other people differently, but for me personally, when somebody goes, oh, you don't want to see me on tequila, I'll pull my nipples out. <laughs> that means they just want to show like, you their I would nipples. I pulling my nipples out on Keystone <laughs> as well. <laughs> Okay, that's good to know. I would um I would say that for me Wellbutrin. I was on like uh you know, I've had depression um and you know any of the a couple of the um acronym mental concerns. And uh Wellbutrin was a weird one for me. I I remember when I was on it, I felt I felt not funny. I felt very very vanilla, very plain. And then worse than being on it for me was when I got off of it, getting back to what I felt was center took me like 10 days once I was off yeah. of it. Oh, boy. I couldn't drive down the road. I, I was on the freeway, and I just felt like I couldn't keep the car in the lane. The lane's fine. The car's fine. But my brain wasn't. And I was just like, I can't do that. What is Wellbutrin used for? Well, the, okay. So the brand name is Wellbutrin. It's uh, Bupropion is the the clinical, the medical medicine behind it. But it's an antidepressant. It can treat depression and help people quit smoking. It can prevent depression caused by seasonal affective disorder or SAD, which is the most amazing acronym ever. But yeah. Let me ask you this. When yeah. you got, so you went cold turkey on it? Yeah, I did. It was probably ill-advised, but I just did didn't Did you get like... the zaps, the brain zaps? What is that? Well, a lot of times on these anti-depression, anti uh anxiety medications when you go cold turkey on them and i experienced it with lexapro yeah when i went cold turkey on lexapro you get what they call brain zaps and it's like you'll just be doing something digging a hole or you know driving down the road Mm -hmm. or watching uh dinosaurs (laughs) or like taking a shower or you know any of those things and then your brain will feel like somebody stuck it with a cattle prod Yes. And it just starts shaking inside your cranium. It feels like it's not actually physically, but it feels like it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Not painful. Right. But you feel like your brain quiver. Yeah. Yes. I never knew that that was actually a thing, but yes, for sure. For sure. And that, uh, honestly, that was one of the things that sold me on not going back on it was uh, I, I, and, and, I'm, I mean, I should say, not that it needs to be said, but I'm, sh- well, Butrin works for some people and that's, you know, science has now become advanced enough where, like, my son, I took him to a hospital and they ran a DNA test that defines on a sheet how he will respond to different medications, which is amazing. They didn't have that when I was a kid. So, you know, you, you got your mental meds from a candy dispenser. Yeah. You're like, give that, try that for two weeks and let's see how that goes for you. And then we'll when you were a kid, up. they probably just thought being depressed meant you were gay. Yeah, right. Because you're old. <laughs> Yeah. No, but um, yeah, that was, boy, that was one for me. That and, you know, I will say aspirin. I get so crazy on aspirin, but, you know. I take a baby aspirin every morning. I do too, because I don't want my heart to stop. Exactly. Yeah. I really should lose weight and become a better me. (laughs) Mm, You could just take a baby aspirin every morning. (laughs) But I like like the flavor. I like that it's chewable. I can even stomach it if it's not chewable. I can still chew it. Yeah, and I like sriracha. (laughs) Right. It's it's crazy. Sriracha should be illegal. Marijuana should be legal, in my opinion. That's how it should go. 
But then you get into whether Chipotle as a restaurant should be legal or not. And then, you know. Chipotle is my favorite restaurant. Of course. It's the best restaurant on earth. I'll die on that hill. My wife hates it. I just heard your sphincter go on protest, though. So, you know, there's that. Oh, man. Do you you know. um, My upper body's red and my lower body's blue. Wow, yeah, two political parties just bifurcating your torso. That's amazing. Um, oh, hey, Kent. Hey. Hey. Uh, whoa. Hey. hey. Hey, do you know anyone famous that's from Arizona? <sighs> what was the question? <laughs> do you know anyone famous? I was from- thinking about something. <laughs> it wasn't the question. Oh, sorry. I thought you were pondering. But, uh, uh, I, I, no, I don't. Yeah. I like the movie Raising Arizona. Yeah, it's a Cage. fun one. So we could even put Mr. Cage in that category, but I don't think he's from there. Uh, Linda Carter. Do you know who Linda Carter is? She's often confused with Linda Trang Dai, the famous Vietnamese American singer. That's Jimmy Carter's wife. <laughs> nope. Linda Carter's the famous Arizona and American actor who played Wonder Woman. She's from there. Oh, yeah. okay. Also, the ever famous Barry Goldwater's from there. Great man. Yeah. Who's that? He, Barry Goldwater. He was a senator in the 60s, and he was actually curious at one point about the Wright-Patterson Air Force, Air Force Base. Do you know what's significant about that Air Force Base? <sighs> a lot of planes. Yeah, lots of planes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where Project Blue Book was headquartered. So the secret U.S. project that it investigated more than 12,000 UFO sightings between 47 and 1969. Well, okay, so Barry, he had a hankering for knowledge about the project, and he heard tell of a secret location at the Air Force Base called Hangar 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hangar 18 is where the U.S. government housed the remains of whatever crashed— Aliens. Yeah, on Roswell, New Mexico, back when our country was still in one piece and had normal problems like world wars and segregation— uh, so, so Barry did what any big swing in deck chair would do. And he called up a friend and he said, friend, I am Senator Barry Goldwater and I want to visit Hangar 18. And that friend said, click. <laughs> so Barry called another friend, General Curtis LeMay. And was like, hey, Curtis, remember World War II? Crazy times. Uh, uh, anyway, I'd like to visit Hangar 18. And he says as soon as he said it, Curtis started yelling at him and giving him, quote, holy hell, and said, Barry, not only can't you get in to it, but don't ever mention it to me again. Anyway, he's from Arizona, too. <sighs> Along, apparently, with a bunch of crashed alien aircraft parts and parts of crashed alien body parts, they are in Arizona as well. So, what do you think about about that? Well, I think that's swell. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> <clears throat> the whole time you were talking about Barry Goldwater, I just t- kept hearing Bill Goldberg. <laughs> and I was thinking about how crazy that finishing move, the spear, was. But what you said was also interesting. <laughs> Bill, and Bill Goldberg, is that the same as Goldberg? The, yeah, the, the wrestler. The wrestler. Okay. I never yeah. knew he had a first name. Bill? Yeah. <laughs> but aliens are cool as well. <laughs> yeah. Glad I could be writing scripts that really drag you in, uh, hoping that the audience is just as engrossed as you are. But anyway, 
Funny you should ask. Our story takes place in Arizona today. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. In the tiny town of Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, hey. I've heard that one. Yeah. Remember the show Breaking Bad? Oh, yes. Yeah. That took place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I never saw it. <laughs> you haven't? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's like saying you didn't learn math in high school. I'm from Kentucky. We don't teach math. Stupid. We learned about photosynthesis. There you the backer. Yeah, I did good in math, but uh, I didn't see Breaking Bad. Weird. You should see it. Uh, you know, or if you don't like swearing, you can watch Breaking Bad through Clean Flicks. Just kidding. You can't. Clean Flicks doesn't exist. Is that a anymore. real thing? Clean Flicks. Well, actually, they do. Yes, they do. Actually, have something called Vid Angel. <clears throat> uh, they called Vid- it breaking decently on there. <laughs> uh, Vid Angel's actually a service. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, actually. If if you're if you're prone to not like a lot of swearing or anything, actually, this is not a commercial for Vid Angel, but I want to tell you something about it really quick. I'm actually really excited about this. Is this really cool? So okay, so Vid Angel is a service which lets you port Netflix, Hulu. I think HBO plus a couple other services like you 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 sign up for VidAngel and then you log into your services Amazon is another one Amazon movies or whatever uh, you sign into the ones that you're subscribed to and then everything it filters yeah but here's you're what's censoring cr- yourself yeah here's what's <laughs> crazy is you have you go into the filters and you set what you don't want to hear or what kind of scenes you don't want to see. And this is really amazing. Until last week, I'm setting up VidAngel for my mom and dad. And my mom proceeds to say every word in the filter as she's checking or unchecking them like this. Joe, Joe, how do we feel about the word pussy? Joe, (laughs) every single word she said out loud. It was the worst experience of my life hearing the operator use every single word I was taught to never say growing up. Also, it was kind of interesting to see which ones she left unchecked. <laughs> which ones did she leave unchecked? I can't. I can't say. You'll just have to watch VidAngel with her to find out. But it's also interesting. VidAngel has like nine subscribers. <laughs> Nine subscribers and the whole state of Utah. <laughs> but uh, another interesting thing is the way it filters sex scenes. Like if you say, I don't want to see nudity, which who would say that, right? But somebody, somebody might. When you check that box, the whole scene disappears. So it's like. Which means that somewhere there's an employee at VidAngel that is a martyr <laughs> yeah. for the cause. Yes, that He's is like, true. I'll go to hell. I'll, I'll I'll sit through all this content for you guys, and I'll watch the titties and the buttholes, and listen to the word pussy. I'll put the timestamps in to where it cuts out. There's some hero that works at VidAngel that's like, I'll burn in hell for all eternity, so you all don't have to see the buttholes. There's a guy that got maybe too jaded at VidAngel, and he put the timestamp just a little shy, so you got a peak of an areola just before yeah. the scene ended. <laughs> I'm going to hell now. Trevor, we're going to have to fire you because uh, apparently you've gone rogue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, not Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Breaking Bad was, but we're in Phoenix. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Uh, But back in March of 2014 in Phoenix, there lived a blended family. 
Different from incest, a blended family is one that consists of two adults uh, that have some type of commitment to remain together. In this day and age, that could be marriage or common law bonding or simply a mutual long-term interest in battling cultural norms and, and kids. The blended part comes when the kids are from multiple um, birthing bodies, from previous monogamous or not relationships. I'm trying very hard to not get canceled in explaining where blended family. Yeah, you are just sweating bullets. Boy, that is You hard. look like you're in an outhouse in Afghanistan. <laughs> used to be so easy, but now it's very difficult. Whew. Anyway, uh, this, this blended family's children consisted of two sons and two daughters. Andrew Ward was the oldest son at age 27, and then everyone else was like younger kids, including Austin, who was age 12, and his two sisters, Adrena and Miriam, whose ages I don't know, but they were closer in age to Austin than to Andrew. So they were kind of, you know, it was like Austin was this older kid from a previous relationship, and then this, these other three are sort of younger, kind of, I would say a Probably different— like 14. Yeah, different 13. generation. You know, it's like yeah. kind of— that happens in blended families. You'll have like a brother who's like 20 years older than you because, you know, mom and previous dad got, you know, pregnant in 74 and then you weren't born until 89. I so. have a sister that's 15 years younger than me. Really? Yeah. It was weird because uh, whenever I joined the military and I was away for five years, right, I left and she was a little girl. Yeah. And then I came back and she was like grown up and it was weird. It's like suddenly I didn't know her. It was like the little girl that I remembered that I like babysat and everything is like now. It was like super odd and it was like a different person. Anyways, continue. I have a sister who is almost 20 years younger than me. She's 18 years younger than me. And it was weird. I remember there was a shift at one point where I, where she talked to me and I was like, oh, oh, you're a human. <laughs> How about that? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, like, that happened to me too. My sister actually just got married, and I was like, mom was like, you know, Natalie's getting married. And I was like, she's like 13. She can't be getting married. Turns out she's in college. <laughs> How about that? It, <laughs> viewing, the, viewing the way that she's, like, leading her life, is it one of those things where you're like, oh, kids these days can't even. No, my sister is very, very intelligent. Mm. She has a great husband, and she's in school. She's going to be a nurse, and they're building a house, and they're just living the American dream. She's got a good head on her shoulders. That's She's never good. irresponsible like I was. Like I got in, I was always partying and she never did any of that stuff. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting watching our parents raise different generations of kids too. Like like my sister, she was raised on a different set of standards than I was, or rules, I will say, you know. Um, but she she turned out really good. And, you know, she's leading a productive life. She's got red hair, which is the only problem I would say, but... Other than that, strike one. Strike one. No soul. <laughs> no, she's great. All of my siblings are great. I have five of them. Anyway, back to this. Uh, 27-year-old Andrew, he struggled with alcohol and drugs. I mean, he was a pro at using them, but he didn't struggle with that. He struggled with the fact that he used them a lot. And he had had many 
run-ins with the law before, including DUIs, assault, and holding marijuana in his hands and pockets. Andrew also had many issues with domestic violence within his parents' home toward his family. That was something that everybody had sort of gotten used to, but lately, back in 2014, things seemed to be getting worse, and his family had noticed an increase in some worrisome behavior uh, of Andrew's. And uh, so, just as they say in the safety ads, if you see something, say something. And this is what one of Andrew's sisters did on this day. Are you ready for me to hit play on this? No. (laughs) Well. Yeah, push it. Push it hard, Daddy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's going to (laughs) happen. All the way in. One second. All right. Then here we go. Phoenix Police, this is Nicole. How may I help you? Hi, Nicole. Um, um, is there any way you can, like, check my brother's room or anything? Because um, we feel really, really unsafe because we're not sure what's bought. Um, okay, what do you mean, what he, he bought? He, like, is really mentally unstable. So we're afraid he bought something that could possibly harm us. Okay, and where is he right now? In his room. He's 28 years old. Okay, and who's there with you? My mom, but he won't let us in the room to see what he bought. We're scared. What's we your address? Is that a house? Yeah. We just want a police officer to come and check his room. I mean, I can send an officer out to come talk to you guys, but I can't guarantee that they're going to go into his room and search his room. You guys can't come in and search his room? I I don't know. I'm not an officer. I can send an officer to you, and they can talk to you, but like I said, it's going to be up to them. I mean, if they feel like they need to go in there and talk to him, they might be able to talk to him, but I don't think they're going to be able to just search his room. Um... Um, I don't know. I mean, has he threatened you guys or done anything? Um, no, he's just, he's kind of, I don't know how to describe He's kind of crazy. He, like, is seeing a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist, and he just got, like, paid $400, and he blew it off. And, um, he came through the door, and, um, really sketchy, and went straight to his room. It looked like a box. I don't know what rifles come in. Looks like a box or something. I'm not sure. I just wanted an officer to come and see what um to check his room. Right, I understand what you want, but I'm letting you know. I can send an officer to you, but, I mean, I can't guarantee they're just going to go in and search his room because he's not doing anything. He hasn't committed a crime. He's not threatening you guys. He's not doing anything. He's just in his room. So if he comes out with a rifle and kills himself, then... I mean, if he's, if he's threatening you with a weapon or he's saying threats, then that's different. But you're telling me he's not threatening you in any way. He just went out and made a purchase, and now he's in his room. He's not harming anyone. He's not doing anything wrong being in his room. Okay, I guess I'll have to wait till he does something. Thank you. Ooh. 
Oh, that's a rough one. This dispatcher, she's coming at me all wrong. Have you ever had one of those situations that you, everybody hears about where there's some kind of an issue, but the cops say that, they say, like, we understand your concerns, but until he actually does something, we can't arrest him. Have you ever had, have you ever been in one of those? <clears throat> have ever been in one of those situations? No, I'm usually the one that's being called on. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's interesting because recently I, I know someone who's actually dealing with an issue at their daughter's school right now where her teacher keeps flirting with her. Oh, this dude will go like out of his way to find her in the hallways and gives her A's on assignments that she didn't yeah. turn in. Uh, he's revealed information that he's likely, it seems like he's either stalked her physically or on social media and he's revealed things like in class about her. That, like, she's never divulged that information. But since he hasn't committed a crime, the best they can do is, like, scoot him out of the school with a finger wag. Ha. So, does he still work there? No. No. So, he was on administrative leave. Yeah. At, at first. How old, how old is she? She's just a teenager. Like a, like a young teenager. Like, tweens. Nah, maybe a little four, fifteen. Fifteen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What's crazy is first they wanted to create what they called a student pathway, which would have devised a series of like hallways that she could take to avoid the teacher. Cause they want her to fucking know, take an underground railroad yeah. to get away from this teacher. Yeah. That's how schools solve potential legal issues with predatory teachers these days, apparently. That's freaking avoid the bridge troll. Like here. That's, yeah. that's, that's absurd. Because that... if he's doing it with her. He's he's also doing it with a bunch of other students. Well, and I would I would wager that somebody like that has done it before. So you finger wagging and just shoo shoo shooing him out the door, even if you fire him, he just goes gets a job somewhere else. If you know, I don't know. I, I feel I have I have my issues, but anyway, sometimes there's nothing more aggravating than just having police or you know legal. Say, we wish we could protect you, but we have no authority in this matters. I, I will say it's a double-edged sword because there's nothing like hearing that from cops. But it also, I guess, proves that good cops follow the law even when we need them to maybe act more like Wonder Woman than Compliance Kathy. Yeah. but uh, I mean, I understand both sides of the coin from law enforcement perspective and and the victim perspective. But that being said, this dispatcher really sucks like right from the get-go her tone was all like i'm sorry a minute like apathetic if i called and she and she hit me with that energy I'd be, am i interrupting you are you <laughs> i thought this was your job i'm sorry right are you busy are you eating lunch i'll call back in 20 <laughs> minutes when your wendy's is done digesting yeah you piece of shit. she seemed apathetic you know she just seemed like and i'm sure that job is a hard one because like absolutely Oh my gosh! I can't imagine how many butt dials and. But I mean, from the get go, her energy was all off. Like, yeah, she goes immediately goes into like a condescending, annoyed tone. Yeah, when this young woman that's calling, I'm imagining she's probably fourteen, fifteen, is clearly scared, and you're like, I, <sighs> I guess I can send somebody out. <laughs> I was just getting ready to send a text. I was looking at a funny <laughs> gif. And now I've got to do my goddamn job. <laughs> what? He's in the room. Okay. Look, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, like I said, I think it's a great thing that the laws prevent officers from going willy nilly, you know, 
all paratrooper on everybody. But it's not comfortable when we know there's a monster right down the hall, potentially, you know? So the way that you handle that, though, and I've seen the reviews for this show, and I know that we're not (laughs) supposed to say if I was a dispatcher, and so I'm going to try to approach this with gloves on. If I was a dispatcher, (laughs) the way you handle that, no matter how tired you are or fed up with the job, quit. Yeah. If you can't, the way, this is a young girl that's clearly scared. You go, okay, honey, I understand that you're concerned, but legally, uh, the officer, if he hasn't done anything that's a threat to you, he can't go into your, and I understand that you're scared, and I'm sorry, but legally, we can't. That's the tone. You don't go, I mean, I could send an, this is a 14, 15-year-old girl, and you're making her feel stupid Yeah, for being scared. Like, it's just... I got a lot of problems with this dispatcher, and if you don't... I think the job does require a certain bedside manner, to your point. I would even take it if they treated it like hospitals treat it. I took my wife into the ER one time, and I got a bill that was astronomical. I was, like, beside myself with how... how and it was also a lie. They were like... They said that they gave her nine, nine IV bags, and I know for a fact, in the six hours we sat in there, they gave her three. Yeah. And so there's a number. So I call this number. And the most angelic, amazing woman took the call. And she was like, oh, man, I couldn't even imagine. Oh, my goodness. And the whole time, I'm just like, okay, good. Someone's listening. And then we got a revised bill (laughs) that was, like, written by legal. (laughs) So I would even take it if the dispatcher overstepped and was like, we're going to send an officer out. They're going to make you feel comfortable. And then reality hits, and it's not that. But... But yeah, I mean, holy cow, like the way that that call ended, it seemed like I, I almost wondered if she even hit the button to send a, a police officer. But here's another thing up. We are doing a podcast on this call. Yeah. So I know something shitty is getting ready to happen. <laughs> I was about to ask you. And to be fair, hindsight is twenty twenty. to be fair. And in, in the dispatcher's defense, I don't know what happened. But I know that we're doing an episode of 911 Calls podcast on this call. I want to ask you. And traditionally, you don't pick episodes where the turnout is the officer brought a rabbit, <laughs> a baby rabbit, to the person. And it turns out the brother was in there making paper, paper mache models of uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's true. It's possible that things went great. It's possible that things went terrible. Uh, hey, do you know what also... Uh, what else is both great and terrible? Sriracha. <laughs> I was going to say ads, but yeah, sriracha. Yeah, because of your ass. <laughs> sriracha. What did you, you said ass. I said ads because we have to. Oh, we have to play an ad right now because we got to pay the bills. A good a segue. <laughs> All right, we're back. Hey, hey, Kent, do you? Okay, I'm going to ask you. Do you think the next bit of call is a call about a great thing? Or a terrible thing. If you if you had to guess, what do you think happens next? And then we'll play the call and see how in tune your Kentucky Cortex is working today. I'm going to say that it's probably terrible. Because <laughs> I know that a 28-year-old living with his parents with his door shut is probably up to no good. All right. You ready for me to hit play? I'm so ready, Papa. <laughs> I knew you'd do that. You know, you know exactly how to hit my buttons. And the sad thing is, I actually have to hit a button to trigger the yeah, call. Hit that right button. Now. Hit yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Let me know when you hit it. Tell me when you're hitting it. All right. Here we go. Uh-huh. 
Phoenix 911. Where is your emergency? Uh, I need you to come pick me up. What's the address of the emergency? Uh, I'm at Triple K, but the emergency is at 21448 North 34th Drive. Is that a house or an apartment there? It's a house. What's the emergency there? Uh, I'd rather not. I, uh, I not say. Okay, well, if you're calling 911, it's my job to find out, so I need to know what the emergency uh, is. I think uh, it's uh, murder. What makes you think that? Because I uh, stabbed someone. Okay. And where are you at? I'm at Circle K on 35th Avenue in And who is this that you stabbed? Google Austin Tapia. Where did you stab him at? Uh, the, uh, I think I stabbed him in the chest and in the neck and in the head. Okay. And who is this person? Uh, this is Google Tapia's son. But how do you know him? Uh, he lives in the house with me. Oh, okay. So he's your roommate? Uh, he's a family, so he's a, he's a relative. Okay. Is he like a cousin or? He's, uh, he's, uh, basically kind of like a brother. Okay. And what happened? Were you guys fighting or what was going on? Um, honestly, uh, I just felt like killing. Okay. Have you been drinking or doing any drugs or anything uh, like that? No, I have not. Okay. So you guys weren't arguing or anything like that? Nope. Okay. That was a kill for a U.S. Marshal. Okay. And what's your name, sir? My name is Andrew Ward. Are you at the front of the Circle K? I'm inside the school. Okay. And what are you wearing? What color shirt and pants? Uh, I'm wearing a black shirt uh, and uh, gray pants. They're actually not pants, but shorts. Gray shorts. Okay. Do you have any weapons on you? Any knives, guns? I sure do. Okay. What do you have on you? I have a, uh, I have a knife, so Batman knife. Okay. Is it like a steak knife, a butcher knife? Just play. Okay. Is it in your pocket or are you holding it out? It's in my, it's in my pocket. Okay. Which pocket is it in? Uh, I believe, uh, my right pocket. Okay. Um, I'm using someone else's phone and they have to leave. Okay. You want to just pick me up here? Can you let them know that it's 911, so if they could just hang on just a minute, it won't be too, too long. We're just going to come talk to you, okay? But if you could just stay on the phone, because I want to make sure we get to the right place, okay? All right. Um, for a little bit, but you have to talk to me. Just let them know it's 911, okay? Uh, he said uh, he can't be late for class. Okay, can you hand the phone to him really quickly? Sure. Thank you. Hello? Sir, this is the Phoenix Police. It's really important, and I understand you have to get to class, but this is a very important situation. Well, I mean, he gave you the address of where he's at. You can call that. I understand, but it has but, to do with him anyway. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I helped out as much as I could. Okay. I was the only one who was well, on the phone. So thank you. It's not much help, I mean, but thank you. you got, your cars have engines. You can get here faster than that. I mean, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you, so thank you. <laughs> Dude is covered in blood, so I think you would get over here quick. We are as quickly as we can, but I don't want to let a suspect go. I like to keep them on the phone to make sure we get the right person. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I, I would be more than willing to stop over here if you wanted to, like, okay with that school or something like that, but I, I don't know what to I'm sure you. the officers like, will do as much as they can to help you with that excuse. I'm positive that they will help you in this situation. 
Okay. So well, as long as you can help me out, that would be amazing, and I would greatly appreciate your help. Okay, well, okay. all right. So, well, you guys are on the way over here then? As fast as we possibly can. We are absolutely okay. on the way. I just want to keep him talking because it's the best thing I can do right now. All right, well, I'll leave my phone with him, and you can have one of the officers get absolutely the phone and then bring sure. it to me at the school then, Where right? do you go to school, and I'll make sure that happens. MMI, the Motorcycle Mechanic School, right down the road. Is there a certain room we need to go to? Um... What room are we in? Do you want to write that down? Absolutely. I have all of that information. You have no idea how much I appreciate you helping, and I'll make sure that gets back to you, okay? Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Hi. Hi, Andrew. Hi. I just wanted to make sure we stayed on the phone, okay? All right. All right. Just let me know. Uh, honestly, I... That was the kill for U.S. Marshal because I support U.S. Marshal. Oh, okay. That's what it is? That's what it is. Okay. Did you work for them at all? Um, honestly, it's classified. Oh, okay. You don't have to tell me. All right. Was there anybody else at the house? Uh, nobody else. Okay. And just let me know when you see the officers again. They just want to talk to you, okay? All right. You want me to stand on the phone with you? If you can, if you don't mind. Alrighty. Have you taken any kind of drugs or anything like that today? Not today. Okay. Do you normally at all? Um, I'm actually, I think I'm clean. You are? Oh, okay, that's good. What did you used to take? Uh, I'd rather not say. Okay, you don't have to. Just making uh, conversation. Uh, I'd rather not say for that, uh, for that uh, question. But, no, uh, you don't have to answer. It's not a problem, okay? Are you right, hurt at all? Center, like, uh, honestly, uh, I... Uh, I uh, actually, I don't think I'm that hurt. I mean, I might have like a little bit, I'm a little bit uh, cut, but, a little uh, cut. but uh, it's not, it's not, it's not bleeding. I don't think. Okay, so you don't, I don't need know. to paramedic. I don't know. There's, there's blood everywhere. There's blood. There's blood everywhere. Yes. Okay. Well, you just let me know if you're injured and you need medical attention, okay? Because I want to help you out. Um, am I going to the mental hospital or am I going somewhere else? You know what? I am not an officer, so none of that is up to me. What we want to do is just help you, okay? That's our job. Are you still inside the Circle K or did you go outside? I'm still inside Circle K and uh, okay. I see, uh, I see uh, um, the SUV. Should I walk outside? Um, you know what? Let me ask them what they want you to do, okay? All right. I'm just going to ask them real quick, okay? All right. All right, so you do see the officers outside? I see the officers. Okay, go ahead and walk outside. If you want to stay on the phone, you can, or if you want to hang up, that's okay. Okay? Okay. I got to get some stuff off my chest here. <laughs> yes. I got four remarks, four comments. Okay. One, did you notice how the second that the the homeboy that got brought on the phone, they didn't want nothing to do with it, hit her with the exact same energy that she hit that young lady that was calling up in the beginning with, she got all defensive and, and pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Funny how that works. Isn't it? Two, <laughs> she says, 
she asked him something about the U.S. Marshals as if this guy is in an absolute nut job. And he responds, that's classified information. This guy's 28 years old and lives with his parents. Nobody ever in history that is lives with their parents that's 28 years old has ever had access to classified information. <laughs> ever. That's true. Three. Three. <laughs> Three. It's funny, despite how horrible this crime is, when she asked him in the beginning what crime has been committed, he responds with the same energy that you would say, I stole some ice cream from an ice cream. Yes. I I jaywalked. Right. And I'm calling the police because I jaywalked. Only his response was, I believe it was a murder. <laughs> I believe I did a murder. I believe it categorizes. I could be a murderer. And then four, four. Uh, last but not least, did he say that uh, he killed him with a Batman knife? I, th- I think so. I think he said Batman knife. That's probably the most troubling of all of this. Because if I got to the pearly gates and had to look at St. Peter or Jesus or Bono or whoever's up there, <laughs> and I was like, did, did he kill me with a Batman knife? And Bono was like, I think he did. I would be so upset <laughs> that I was murdered with a Batman knife. See, I would just, oh, I would be, uh, you wouldn't be able to talk to me for a solid 10, 15 minutes. And I don't know how that time works out in heaven. I don't know how touch heaven time works. I'm going to be red ass like I've been eating sriracha. For two to three hours. Oh, I agree with that. I yeah, I, I I'm not quite sure why he specified the the DC character of the knife brand. And I mean, I think we all know, we all knew because he's 28 and living with his parents that it was a Batman knife. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all knew. Right. Lots I would have went with the Flash. It's probably a lot of katanas, short swords, you know, nunchuckas. As he would have said. Yeah, I'll bought it. Flea market. Yeah. They have those, all of them have those blades that are made out of like 4140 steel <laughs> that chips the second it makes contact with a marshmallow. Well, we have defined him well through your four-part series of deduction. All right, so here's a bit of the backstory. I'm going to try to stop smiling because my cheeks hurt because you're four-part sleuthing, but um, just days after Andrew Ward's sister called 911 to try and get some help, things had seemed to calm down. Then the family went out to dinner. Well, everyone in the family went out to dinner except for Andrew and 12-year-old Austin decided to stay home too to play. Uh, Andrew decided to stab his little brother to death and then proceeded to go to a Circle K convenience store and use the phone to call 911 to confess to what he'd done. When Andrew arrived at the store, Christina Krasovich, an on-duty clerk there, said Andrew had blood on his shirt and an arm and that it looked like he had wiped his hands on his pants when he arrived at the store. Quote, he was real shaky and scared. I could see in his eyes something bad had happened. Uh, She saw him talking on someone else's phone. And that guy was a total tool. He sounded exactly like a college kid and how they would respond when staring at a blood-covered man who just confessed to murder. Yeah, oh, that's all fine and good, but yeah, can I get my phone back? Seriously, like the pretentiousness of a... Your police cars have engines, right? You could get yeah, 1,000%, I hate this dude too. Yeah, this is just a male version of the operator who, by the way, is now panicking because she realizes that she was a douche canoe on the first call, and now people are dead. Yeah, Because yeah. of her condescending tone that she didn't take seriously at all. 
I really like what the dispatcher says to the college kid, though, because he's like, well, you know, I did as much as I could and everything. And, you know, and she goes, she goes, yeah, and it wasn't that much, but thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, like yes. the way she handled the first call. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So there's now two people on the list that I'm hoping go to a mechanic shop and get a short block dropped on their heads in this. Well, three, if you count Andrew, uh, but he's he's got more come up. It's come up and coming his way. Uh, so the clerk, uh, she continued to explain what she witnessed by saying he had calmed down, but he still had this look of horror on his face. She asked him if he was okay, and she said he gave her a thumbs up. A few minutes later, she said the man started walking toward the front door where police officers waiting with guns drawn ordered him to the ground. Andrew was arrested and booked on suspicion of first-degree murder and child abuse, and his bond was set at $1 million. I'm always... I'm always curious as to the, like the, the charges they bolt on, like, first-degree murder seems like it would stick. Why, why child abuse, and, like, what about the scene would... You know, that's sort of like saying... Well, I would say that stabbing the child over and over is abusive. Well, yeah, but isn't that covered under first-degree murder? <laughs> I don't know. Tomato, tomato. I guess, yeah. It's sort of like saying I went to McDonald's and had a— I think it's a, abuse until they die, and then it's murder. <laughs> okay, all right, well, or maybe they like, were just— When you're stabbing them, they're still living. This is now abusive. This is an abusive dynamic. I guess also they're probably stacking charges just to make sure that something. Make sure that they want as much to stick as possible. Yeah, they don't want him to. It's go It's the free. same reason that like, <clears throat> it's the same reason that when a serial killer, you know, murders twenty seven people, they 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 get they say you know your sentence is one thousand five hundred years. This guy's not going to live but thirty years, but they give them that one thousand so and so a to make sure they never see the light of day again, and b to make all the families of those victims feel like they got their justice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I can understand why they do that. Yeah, I agree. A little bit of optics, also law, peppered in there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, yeah, Bond was set at $1 million. Um, during questioning by the dispatcher, uh, she asked Andrew why he had killed Austin, and Andrew responded simply by saying, honestly, I just felt like killing during his 911 call, Andrew requested to be taken to a mental hospital instead of jail, like the police or some kind of criminal Uber or something. And he also actually pled not guilty initially. He and, asked him to take him to Arkham Asylum. Yeah, exactly. And, and his, the room he would be in would be classified. So if she needed to know any further details, she could talk to his superior. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, but he did plead not guilty. Uh, initially, and then changed his plea to guilty in order to avoid the death penalty. A judge has since sentenced him to two consecutive life sentences. But why, the operator, you might be asking, did he hand down two life sentences? Wasn't his brother Austin only one person? Yes, astute listener, you are correct. <gasps> he was pregnant. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, Austin was one person, but after being incarcerated, Andrew proceeded to kill his cellmate, who was about to stand oh. trial on robbery charges. I'm guessing that he probably just felt like killing again. Hey, so I'm not sure. You probably, because you've worked in the prison system or in the 
the uh, penal colonies. Um, I'm not quite sure how they handle a guy like that. Maybe just keep handing him prisoners who somehow avoided the death penalty, like maybe make him some kind of like prison version of the Punisher. Or do you, they? You mean like how, what would they do with him cell wise from yeah, there? If he's just killing, he would go into isolation. Okay. Isolation. That's what I thought. Like solitary. Uh, we had an isolation cell. Yeah, it would be a one-man cell. Miserable place to be. No human contact. And he deserves it. Three hots and a cot. Did we ever determine if he was insane or not? Well, according to the sentencing, it was determined that he was sane enough to stand trial. Uh, so, right. So, you know, he was sentenced. Um, I think that's... Uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned, I, I guess we could get in the weeds and say legally was he insane. I think something was up, uh, but but geez, because uh, actually it's interesting. Neighbors, uh, friends, associates of the family were actually surprised that this had happened. They many of them had made comments like, "We never would have seen this coming." They knew that Andrew had problems with uh, substance abuse and whatnot, but had never really uh, manifested signs like that. The sisters called a 911 might tell a different story of what's happening behind closed doors. But it was it was a little bit out of the blue, at least until sister started calling 911. So. And then got laughed at, Yeah, basically. Where's the Epstein watch team when you really need them? I mean, this guy's just sitting there. Well, I'm glad that that young lady, I mean, it's so sad that the young man was killed, but it would have been super heartbreaking, heartbreaking as it is, it would have been super heartbreaking if that young lady would have also been murdered after how she was treated by the operator. I agree. She said, um, was, yeah. this just sucks, man. It does. You know, Austin's family was obviously distraught by this. I I reached out to several of them actually before writing this and before hitting record. Um, There was one mention in a news report that the family didn't want to talk to the media, but it seemed to me, and the reason why I was motivated to reach out to him was that there was very little coverage given to the fact that his sister had called days before. Nobody really seemed to make much of a big deal in the media about that. And honestly, uh, very little was said about Andrew killing a little 12-year-old boy. You know, I found the, I found the coverage was pretty lacking when it came to all that. I would only wager that the reason it was a little light on information was because the family had decided not to say much to the yeah. media. And so they only had what they could go off of. But... Um, and digging into it a little bit, I actually, I never heard from from his family. I'm sure that they're just maintaining privacy still. Well, it's different when both the criminal and the victim are in the same family. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, oftentimes whenever, if you look at the media, whenever the, the family of the criminal keeps their mouth shut a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and the family of the victim are, are usually outspoken and understandably so. But whenever both of those people are in the same family, I can understand why they would want to be not not want to touch or talk about anything because what what good is like I mean yeah in in talking praisingly about one you're kind of damning you're downing the, the other. other yeah it's yeah a lose lose if true. you say anything but I did want to shine a little bit of light on who Austin was before we get into a happy ending sort of like a bridge from terrible lithia to a better place, maybe. Um, I found his obituary, and I thought that it was it was touching. So Austin 
was an honor roll sixth grade student at Paseo Hills Elementary School. He was a lovable and charismatic boy that brightened the room with his smile and big, beautiful eyes. Ostom was a mama's boy that was sensitive and sweet and impacted so many with his kind and lovable heart. Austin had a passion for sports that ranged from football, soccer, basketball, BMX, and motocross. And as an athlete, Austin was above average and excelled not only in his classwork, but also on the court, field, or BMX track. Uh, He was far mature for his age, they say. His sports knowledge was incredible. Uh, He was... Uh, He knew the Arizona Cardinals' draft choices, defense better than most, and sports conversations with Austin were not the typical conversations you would have with a 12-year-old. Neighbors of theirs and uh, parents of Austin's friends said that they really delighted in having Austin over. He was a caring child, and and, um, one neighbor in particular was always happy to have him over because he was a creative uh, sort when it came to playing and, uh, you know, encouraged his friends to sleep in tents in the backyard and, and just enjoy life. Uh, it didn't seem like he was stuck to a screen like many kids were. So this is a loss, a big loss, I think on multiple fronts, um, and especially a massive loss for that family. So I wonder if, uh, any of the, if the murder had anything to do with jealousy, because it sounds like this young man, was going to go places, and it sounds like the murderer there was going nowhere. Yep. It's like, oh. Could have been. He's 12 years old, and he's already, you know, making his way. I don't think you're too far off in saying that the sister dodged a bullet. I think this was probably timing. It could have been anybody in that household. Uh, It just depended on when Andrew was going to flip that switch and— could have been three, four people. Uh, Flip that Batman knife open. Yeah. But anyway, hey, how about a happy ending? <sighs> yeah, I guess. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Unzip. <laughs> <laughs> I like to pretend like you're a masseuse. Yeah, I can tell you do, and it's not going to work. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Um if if you if you were were holding people hostage and you're asking yeah. for money as a ransom for their release, how much would you ask for? Do you think nine dollars? <laughs> so, so you're still thinking about Chipotle, is what you're telling me. You're- I'm thinking how much a burrito? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm holding somebody hostage and I and I want ransom, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> Who is the person? Do they come from a wealthy family? Yeah, yeah. Let's say, yeah, let's say you you're holding one let's of. Say the, I've got John Benet Ramsey in a briefcase. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, let's say let's say that would be the case. Uh, oh, um, five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Wait, right. no, no. You want to get a sum of money that is obtainable without having to contact police. Mm. Okay, Good that's point. one thing that that stupid criminals do. They're like, we want $17 million delivered in a Walmart bag behind Taco Bell at noon. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, bitch, I can't draw out $17 million (laughs) from the bank. They're going to question me. Yeah. So I'd probably go with like 10 grand. Okay. Wow. That's a pretty. I would want to, I would want enough money to where they could, they could attain it without raising suspicions. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So that if they were like, I had to get the cops involved, I'd be like, no, you didn't, because I intentionally picked a number that wasn't that wasn't saucy. It wasn't ridiculous. So on the flip side, you you'd be willing to to go to prison over a request for ten thousand dollars. No, I'm, I would I would never uh, I would never uh, kidnap somebody in the first place. Okay. But I'm just saying, whenever somebody's like, I want five hundred thousand dollars, like they're not going to be able to get that money, right? Like, Good. yeah, people are going to have questions. You can't just take five hundred. I don't even know if a bank, most banks probably don't even have five hundred k in cash <laughs> at this location, right? If somebody walks in, is like, I'll take it all. Also, like, other oh, than sorry, we can't do that. Other than people robbing a bank, also. Have you ever heard of anybody that that was holding people hostage and got money and got away? I never. Like, it's the most silly never. routine. The money's always pull. marked. Are there's a team of cops in the bushes? Yeah, it's the dumbest. It's so stupid. It is. Well, you think that's dumb? Wait till you hear this happy ending. I it, it really <laughs> it says everything. So you okay. ready ready for me to hit play? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Please, how can I help you? Uh, three officers, an AR-15, and a hundred, sorry, and C4. I want a hundred K and a clear bus to get What address are you at? What's your name? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant? You no, know, I need my money delivered by one unarmed officer. Otherwise, I'll kill everybody. Who is it that you have with you? Three people. I want you to get me this within the next 30 minutes. How are we going to know it's you? Are you going to open the door? You leave it on the front door. You walk away. I'll get it. And if it's all there, everybody goes home safe. What's your dog's name? Irrelevant. How did you come up with this amount of money? Not important. You have 30 seconds, and I'm going to hang up. Where do you have these people? Doesn't matter. I'm hanging out now. You said you were going to give me 30 seconds before you hung up. Hello? Okay, two things. First off, I think you already played this. I have. I just realized that afterward because I I got the wrong. I put the wrong one in the wrong folder, and then I was like, "Oh no, I've." But that's that's worth a reprise. But I okay, I've got another one. Okay, <laughs> I'll play another one. Uh, backstory on 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 these heartwarming calls is is not really always that necessary. So here's the next one. This one takes place in Australia after an accident. It's irrelevant, Mike. <laughs> okay, one sec. Now I gotta queue, queue up this one because I I screwed everything up. I'm gonna keep that in though, even though I played it twice. All right, here we go. For, for reals, you've never heard this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's playing for Mike? Why? Edging it, Danny. Does it matter? It kind of does, mate, because you've just been involved in an accident. No. Is it? Headline? Yeah. What corner accident? One with a curb, mate, and your old car smashed one up. One with a curb. Can I see your license, please? No. No? No. No. Been drinking tonight? No. I can smell it on you. Well, I don't have a license. I'm sitting here because I'm waiting for a maid, and I don't understand why there's six people standing around me. Because we're working, mate, and you've had a car crash. No, I haven't. You're drunk. <laughs> That's one way to handle it. Just deny, deny, deny. You, you're literally sitting in the car. I, I did not crash this car. No. There's a fucking fire extinguisher laying on the side. Of water is shooting up into your... You crashed, Mike. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, did I? Did I? I don't think so. Prove it. You're going to have to take me to cat. <laughs> have you ever heard of something called the Dunning-Kruger effect? No. Um, it's this. It's, it's uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias whereby people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. The Dunning-Kruger effect defines dumb people trying to act smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this guy's like the poster I do that every child. time on TCK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Dunning-Kruger effect in full effect here with this guy. This guy. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. All you got to do is he's just hitting him with a question. Every question with a with another question. You, you've wrecked me. Have I? <laughs> Have I? Prove it. <laughs> yeah. You can't hey, prove it. You want me to teach you how to how to do something really quick? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just I'm sorry, that caught me off guard. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually this isn't an instructional tutorial class. It's time to do a magic trick, but yeah, I guess <laughs> Okay. Okay, you got right. a quarter. I'm gonna teach you how to say no like an Australian. So what you do is you say no. Okay, but you're going to do two things. You're going to say no, but with your tongue, you're going to make an E. So no, no, no. So make an E, E, E. And then you change your front of your mouth to an O. So it's no, I. no, no, I. no. Yeah. No. Close. No. <laughs> you- <laughs> You keep working on that, and we will re- revisit it on the next episode of 911 Calls Podcast. <laughs> if you're ever back on the show. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to say, uh, w- never mind. <laughs> it was going to be a bunch of swear words I was going to have to beep out. Uh, <laughs> something about my genitals, probably. <laughs> I know you too well. All right, everybody. Well, hugs. Bye. Well, once again, thank you so much for being around, for us to put in your earballs crazy 911 calls. That rhymed. I didn't mean for it to. But thank you again. So many exciting things are happening in 911 Calls Podcast with the Operator. We have mirrored all of our 911 Calls exclusive content and created a shiny new Apple subscription for anyone with lazy thumbs and just wants to subscribe on Apple if you listen on Apple. It's a lot of fun. We have growing communities all over the place. Social media, Facebook. Check us out. We've got 911 Calls Facebook group. It's a burgeoning place with a whole eclectic hodgepodge of wonderful hug dealers. We're very grateful that you're here. Thank you for all the support. Until next time, hugs. Hugs.